0: Hey everybody, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, hormones, fertility, health, sex, energies, self-awareness and just life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Welcome to episode forty-five of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. And um, before I get started, I need to do two warnings. The first one being that this episode may not suit everybody. If you're someone who's comfortable with the topic of sex and sexuality, cool, keep listening. You're gonna like it. I hope. <laughs> If you're not, if talking about sex is something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you may not like this episode. But if it is something that makes you uncomfortable, I'm going to suggest that maybe listen for a bit. Because there are reasons why the likes of sex, talking about sex, topics around sex, sexuality, masturbation, things like that, there's reasons why they make us uncomfortable. And usually those reasons are something within ourselves. A lot of the time it can be down to the likes of feelings of shame or guilt or something like that. But I'm, I go through that a little bit in this episode. But I do just want to warn that if it's not a topic that you like listening to or talking about, then feel free to not listen. <laughs> Uh, I I, won't hold that against anybody But then my second warning is that I am currently dog sitting And I can't control the pitter patter of a mini Yorkie Pottering around the place Or him barking He's currently hiding in his bed Being quite depressed So I can't kick him out of the room the Poor little pup is He's sad because he's, he's missing someone So if you do hear any barking or pitter pattering, that's just Oscar the dog. And apologies. I'm not sure if I'll be able to edit him out. But to get started, this week's episode, like I'm sure you're aware by now, is around sex. This entire week has been based around sex on my Instagram and Facebook pages. And that's all thanks to two beautiful women giving me a kick up the airs a couple of days ago when we were out for dinner. And they were giving me a kick up the airs for not delving more into the topic of sex. This is because we would talk about sex a lot, myself and my two girlfriends who I'd be closest to not going into graphic details about our sexual encounters or anything like that but talking about what sex means to us as women, as females in the general population as what it means energetically, what it means spiritually what it means for women in general and they were busting my balls, or should I say busting my ovaries saying how I'm not fully being me when I'm talking about health and hormones and sexuality because I don't fully go into it. And to be honest, I don't fully. Now, it's not that I'm not being me, but I do veer away from certain topics. Or not even that I veer away from them, but that I'm more clinical around certain topics, especially sex and sexuality. And that's it's really because of... There are certain rules and regulations and guidelines... That have to be followed and adhered to on certain platforms. and Especially for women. There's a lot of what's known as shadow banning for women. Not just women, for men too. But it, it targets women predominantly. Even having the word sex in a post can have you banned and... Blocked and everything being censored. And so, yes, there are times when I am quite reserved in the things that I'm talking about. But they made a very valid point to me that there are times when I don't fully talk about things that I do like to talk about, that I feel need to be talked about and need to be discussed, especially for women and especially in this day and age when there's so many issues. Surrounding sexual health, so many issues surrounding fertility, hormone health, sexual violence, sexual traumas, loads of different things. Now I'm not going to go into all of that in this week's episode because we'd be here all, I can't even say all day, we'd be here all week. But I do want to start the conversation And I can do that here on the podcast. Like for for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know I kind of have no filter. And that's possibly to my detriment at times. But there's something about just sitting in a room talking into a microphone with nobody else around me that just makes me have no filter. I'm not sure if it's a good or a bad thing. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm crediting this week's podcast to my two beautiful women. I'm also going to credit the planets and the moon for this week as well. (laughs) Now, not Mercury retrograde. I'm loving Mercury retrograde at the moment. It's helping me to shed old habits and support new growth. Side note, people stop blaming Mercury retrograde for all of life's problems, please. You can blame it for travel, electronics and communications. Yes, but not everything in life. But Mars, the planet of fire and passion and of fucking and fighting is in full swing right now. So he's getting a little nod for this week too. Even all my questions that have been coming in on Instagram have been a lot to do with sex this week and last week and private messages from people. So it's all in the air. So credit in the women and also credit in Mars and the moon. But yeah, I've been looking at women and their sexuality. And like I said, I've had loads of questions in on the Instagram Q&As. And for anyone, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I do these every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. But I often get a lot of similar questions in around sex. It's the likes of having a poor libido or... What is that you can do for a poor libido or what's causing it or what to do for painful sex. That's a really big topic and even just people wanting to know how they can get closer with their partners. Now what I will say from the get-go is that I'm not a sex expert. I work predominantly with hormone health and female hormones and how they affect us in all areas of life, be it physically, emotionally, behaviourally. But I also love studying, again, behavior and psychology and why we do or why we act the way that we do. And then I also love studying energetics. And really, I live my life in a mix of science and spirituality. It's complete polarities and contradictions of each other. But I do, I love science, but I love spirituality and I love energetics. And one aspect of spirituality that I delved into a few years ago was sexual spirituality. And looking into the arts of Kundalini and Tantra. Like what sex means energetically for us as women. How honoring our yonis is crucial for our overall emotional and physical health. And how with the likes of sexual violence or sexual violation or trauma. Either by someone else or... A violation by ourselves by not speaking up or by not holding our boundaries we can d- end up developing physical illnesses or a disease i've spoken on here before about my history and my journey with sex from hating it to embracing it but that's how i got to a place of enjoying sex was actually studying the energetics of it and studying the spirituality aspect of it and Honouring sex for being a connection between two people and also a connection with yourself. Like in more recent months, I've really delved further into the, the sacred feminine and holding space for self-love and what that means for, for honouring me and honouring my own body. And it's really important as women that we do that, that we honour ourselves and we honour our bodies and we honour our voices as well. When it comes to sacred sexuality it's it's not just the sex element but it's also our our personal integrity and in holding our voice and keeping our voice and not letting that be shut down it's a huge thing for women because for generations we've had to be silent and we we've had to be quiet and we've had to put up with certain things Because of being pushed down. And in the world that we are in right now. And especially with all the movements that are happening. It's really important for us women. To have our voice. It doesn't have to be in an aggressive way. But just knowing that you can speak your own truth. And even when I say that. I mean that in speaking your own truth. To yourself. And honouring yourself. And you can do that. Through your sexuality. And that's what I have learned over the years. But really what I've delved into a lot. In the last. Six, eight months. Is building that connection. With myself again. But like I said. I'm not a certified sex therapist. Or sex expert. I'm just a woman who studies women. Studies hormones, behaviours. Energetics, relationships. Because one. One fascinated by it all and two I am a red-blooded woman who has had sex but also I'm someone who needs to understand everything I need to understand everything in life it's again probably to my detriment (laughs) and again it that's down to my OCD nature and my overthinking I, I need to understand everything around me just to comprehend it Everything in life I need to understand. Again, my OCD. But look, I'm sure this isn't going to be my last podcast around sex. I'm hoping if things go to plan and I get certain guests on who I think you'll enjoy and who I know I'll enjoy interviewing, there'll be plenty more. So for this one, I'm just going to kind of dip my toes into this week because, like I said, let's face it, when it comes to sex and sex topics, there is an infinite amount of time and space we could spend on it. So I'm going to focus on, like, the most common questions I get in. So the likes of the libido and then painful sex, what you can do for painful sex. And, but then there's also a topic that I think is really important, which is masturbation and how it's not the devil's playground. Even if you're in a relationship, it's okay to masturbate. So those three areas are kinda areas are gonna be where I'm focusing today. And hopefully in the future, like I said, we'll get more guests on and or not more on, we'll get some on and go from there then. So to get started. My most common question is how to improve libido or why have I got no libido or things in and around the realm of libido. When it comes to libido, there's, there's a whole host of things going on. It's not just a physical thing, but it's also an emotional one too. But there are so many factors involved with the libido from where you are in your cycle to if you're on the pill to the likes of your sleep, your nutrition, your stress levels And your emotional state. Again, it's all down to hormones. We are ruled by our hormones. Now it's predominantly estrogen and testosterone. So after your period, after menstruation, you head into your follicular phase. And this is when estrogen and testosterone start to rise. Now this happens purely for your body's natural reaction to want to procreate. and survival of the species. Just to get all clinical on you again. But if you're a healthy woman, if you've very little stress, if you eat well, exercise, if you have no kids and you're not on the pill or any hormonal contraceptive, you've probably got a fantastic sex drive. But if you're under physical or emotional stress, there is automatically a change in your hormones. So when cortisol and adrenaline are raised for prolonged periods of time, they directly impact on your HPG axis. So that's the sex hormone messenger, messenger system. And this directly impacts on your libido. And why is this? It's evolutionary. It's literally in our genetic codes as women. So when we go back to the hunter-gatherer times when life was always so uncertain, there were animals that, would, that were out trying to kill you, there were famines, there were plagues other tribes out to take your land or your children or rape you these were all real threats on life they weren't the perceived threats that we have nowadays and the perceived threats that we have nowadays are actually threats to our egos not to our lives predominantly so the likes of your stress and stuff but when there were actual threats Stress hormones played a vital role for our survival. They acted to stop us conceiving in a time where there was a threat to our lives or the lives of our young. If it wasn't safe to have a baby, the body literally wouldn't allow it by stopping ovulation or just killing the libido through the HPA axis, interfering with the HPG axis. Then for men, it was the opposite. If men were going into battle, testosterone levels rose to increase like masculinity and strength and aggression, but also behaviorally, psychologically, was to sow their seed for again survival of the population, to keep the human race going. You actually see it nowadays in um, in sportsmen. So, yeah, like men who play competitive sports, like their testosterone levels rise coming up to like important games or matches or whatever. Some men harness that by abstaining a few days before a big game so that they can be more aggressive. In the genetic psyche, this is them going into battle. So you see this especially in contact sports. So the likes of rugby. I'm going to say GAA. Because that's just rough. They just kill each other on the pitch. (laughs) But yeah, so the likes of Rugby ga, like American football, things like that. They're looking to harness that surge in testosterone. Because, like I said, in their genetic psyche, they're heading off into battle. They need to win. But way back when, these were all, they were vital for survival like I said wars, plague, famine or hormones reacted in a way to keep us alive but for both men and women these genetic codes haven't changed to match the world that we live in today where most of our threats are perceived threats like a meeting with your boss or deadlines or arguments with loved ones like yeah they feel threatening but it's actually the ego that's threatened. It's not actually your life. But your hormones don't know this. They don't know the difference. They see a threat as a threat to your life. So they act accordingly. They'll impact your libido. Eastern and testosterone are. They're not rising enough to give you that desire that you want. Because you're in a chronic state of stress. Of fight, flight or, or freeze your sympathetic nervous system is in chronic overdrive. That cortisol, that adrenaline, all those adrenal gland hormones are interfering with your with your sex hormones. So it is stopping, one, the desire, and then two, for a lot of women, it's actually stopping ovulation to stop you from conceiving. So looking at stress is a massive thing when it comes to libido, when it comes to fertility issues, which can become a vicious circle when it comes to fertility because you're stressed that you can't get pregnant. So you keep trying and then you're getting more stressed because it's not working and it all just goes round and round and round and your cortisol and adrenaline just keep going up and up and up and up. And then your your estrogen and your testosterone are, are dropping and then there is an impact between the messengers that are being sent out from the hypothalamus and the pituitary to the ovaries and it it, like i said it's all one big vicious circle so looking at stress is your key factor when it comes to libido and that's for women who who aren't on the pill or aren't on any hormonal contraception if you are on hormonal contraception what's happening now is that you're in a chronic luteal phase of your cycle so the luteal phase of your cycle is is say post ovulation and the pill mimics that throughout your entire cycle by giving you synthetic hormones so synthetic estrogen and progesterone to stop ovulation but again you're losing that want and that desire because you're not getting you're not getting the right surges in hormones to induce the natural desire for sex because physiologically sex is used for reproduction to keep the species alive again clinical I know But when you're on the pill and you're in a chronic state of that luteal phase, the libido is automatically going to be lowered. And then when you add stress in on top of that, again, you're having an even more knock-on effect of the libido being dropped. So when I have clients in the clinic, the main thing I'm seeing is an overall state of either stress or anxiety. And... This is the first step to balancing out hormones, is to reduce your stress hormones to trigger the HPG axis back into its natural flow. Now, I do this using herbs, like specifically nervines and adaptogens to help the body cope. And then the likes of nutrition to nourish the brain and the adrenal glands and sex hormones. Then... I also use stress reduction techniques. These are really important. People forget how much stress impacts your life. Physically. Physiologically. So bringing in that stress reduction. Is my number one protocol. When it comes to any sort of libido issue. Or any sort of conception issue. Now I do have a happy hormone stress and anxiety reduction program which is going to be out in the next few weeks like once I get my website sorted and once that's all set up but like I've been using these techniques successfully with clients in clinic for the last year and like I said people do underestimate the power of stress on the body and on the mind but it's your first protocol of call when you're wanting to increase your libido or when you're wanting to increase your chances of fertility is reducing stress because it's having an effect on every single system in your body not just your hormonal systems but also your digestive system once your digestive system is off and you start getting a problem in your gut then you're looking at a whole host of other illnesses and other diseases so it's in the world that we are in now there is a hell of a lot more stress than what there was before but again the stress is a is coming from perceived threats And these threats aren't ones that are going to kill you, but yes, they do feel threatening. And unfortunately, the body doesn't know the difference between a perceived threat and an actual threat. But focusing on stress reduction is your number one port of call. So like I said, for me in the clinic, I use these stress reduction techniques But then I'm also using herbs, I'm using nervines, adaptogens, and I'm using food, I'm using supplements, everything that will help to nourish the entire body and also the nervous system and the adrenal glands. But then there's things that you can do as well yourself at home. So the likes of yoga, the likes of meditation, deep breathing exercises, like it's studies show 30 seconds of deep breathing automatically kicks your parasympathetic nervous system into action, which is that rest and digest and relax. So using these little techniques that you can yourself at home, are they're all really important, as well as reducing the likes of screen time, reducing the, the amount of exposure you have to, to negative news. So even just the amount of people who sit down and watch the news all day long and watch prime time and all these shows that are throwing so much world stress at you as well as your own internal environment it's using these little hints and tips that will over the long term reduce your stress and bring you into a much more calmer state and help you to get your libido back so you can start enjoying a good sexual appetite again because it's sex is so important when it comes to releasing the happy hormones so like your oxytocin and your dopamine like these are all hormones that are going to help improve your mood and improve your resilience to stress as well Like sex is really important for actual overall health because of how it releases oxytocin, dopamine, other endorphins it kicks your parasympathetic nervous system into action it reduces the amount of time your sympathetic nervous system is, is active and brings an overall sense of calm. And it's hard to do that when you have no libido. So the first protocol is stress reduction. My next point that I want to go on to is painful sex. Because again, this is a topic that I'm asked about a lot. And it's a topic that is quite close to my heart because I've been there countless times with all my own gynae problems. There have been times when I've been like a dog with a bone. But then once I would start having sex, it was absolute agony. And then even sometimes I'd be fine. But then once I would orgasm, I'd be bent over from uterine contractions for the next 15 minutes. Hardly able to breathe. Now, sometimes I didn't care because the payoff was worth it. But when this happens consistently over a long period of time, the fear that comes around having sex can be huge. And you just can't face it, to be honest. What I saw for me in the past and what I see for clients is... This can bring a really big disconnect between partners. And I completely understand why. When when you go a long time without intimacy, it can bring up a, a really big divide and it can cause a lot of problems. But notice how I said intimacy and not sex. These are actually two very, very different things. Sex is the physical act of intercourse. Intimacy is connecting with the partner on a deeper emotional or spiritual level and there's so many ways to be intimate with your partner that doesn't involve penetration but while still receiving and giving pleasure when people think of sex what they're thinking of is the end result of an orgasm of that peak in pleasure and look yeah rightly so it can literally be mind-blowing It can bring you to a different dimension where you you don't even know who you are or what your own name is or what's around you. You're in the perfect state of bliss in the present moment, like everything else disappears. But it's not just penetrative sex that can bring you there. For women, foreplay is a vital part of sex. It's a vital part of pleasure and it's a vital part of intimacy. But especially for women who have any sort of pelvic inflammatory conditions where they have pain with sex. If a woman isn't sufficiently ready, there's going to be pain. like This is literally because your cervix actually moves and it expands to accommodate the penis. Now, this only happens when you're properly lubed up. And I don't mean, when I say lubed up, I don't mean by you using lubes. Now, don't get me wrong. Using lube is great. They're great for helping out. And they're great for increasing stimulation. Like coconut oil is my favorite. But a public service announcement here. Don't use coconut oil if you're using condoms. Because any oil-based lube, it causes a lot of friction with latex. And it can cause the condom to rip. And that's the last thing that you want if you're trying to avoid pregnancy. And any sort of STDs or anything like that. Like if you're in a long term relationship I'm sure you're not worried about that But for someone who's not in a relationship And wants to use lubes Still use condoms Just don't use your oil based lubes But you're naturally being lubed up So like your natural vaginal secretions They're there for penetration And again I know I sound so clinical When I'm talking about vaginal secretions And penetration and penises But saying you need to be wet enough for him to get inside you it sounds better in my head than out loud on a podcast and also I think I'm trying not to offend anyone anyone else either so too late now, oh well (laughs) but when it comes to reducing pain you need to be ready physically and you can't rush the process so talk to your partner tell them to start slow But also tell them that you may not actually want sex, but you still want pleasure and you want to pleasure them. When it comes to intimacy and pleasure, desire is a huge part of it. Making your partner feel wanted or them making you feel wanted, that's actually a primal aphrodisiac. So like worshipping each other's bodies from the head to the toes. Touching itself is an actual language and I know this not just from sex but from being a massage therapist as well now don't get me wrong and don't be getting any ideas there's no happy endings or anything like that but when we touch someone we get feedback from them be it sexually or for me in my work be it through massage I know if I'm working a muscle properly by the feedback I'm getting from the client But bringing techniques into your intimate life like touch and even massage like over longer periods of time this will increase pleasure at the end. So using your senses to connect to what's actually going on like what I always recommend for people who aren't able to have sex because of pain but that they want the intimacy is the likes of kundalini massage techniques. What I'll say is Google it because it's too long for me to go into here and we could be here all day. But using the likes of kundalini massage and then as well the likes of heightening all your senses. So your senses like smell, taste, sound, touch, sight. They all add. So like burning oils or candles, playing music or using massage oils or using blindfolds, taking away a sense as well can really heighten the other senses. All of these techniques work in your favor once you're both on the same page. So talk openly to each other about what it is that you both want or like. Because you can only build these intimate connections without sex. Once you're open and honest with each other. And then find the middle ground together. But it's something that I always say. Is that there are more ways than one to be intimate. And it's not just sex. There are so many other ways and it's about incorporating what it is that you like and what it is that your partner likes. Even though there's pain, it doesn't mean that a wall needs to come up between partners or a disconnect needs to come because there are other ways of being intimate together. Sex is only one of those ways. And then that leads me on to my last topic masturbation and I know this is a topic that many women find extremely uncomfortable to talk about so I'm going to talk about it for you or at least let you know that it's okay to talk about it but the reason the last point brings me here is because how the hell do you know what you like if you haven't experimented with yourself first And if you don't know what you like, your partner sure as hell isn't going to know. Nobody is a mind reader. As much as we would like to be, nobody is a mind reader. And you need to voice things. And to voice things, you need to know what you like. But when it comes to masturbation, there is such a huge taboo around it for women. It's massive. And it's still seen as only something that men do, but it's not. And even when, while I'm here talking about taboos, there's still taboos around masturbation for men. There's a lot of peop- There's a lot of men who are in partnerships who, when their partners catch them masturbating or find out that they're masturbating, they freak out because they feel redundant. But that's not the case. Masturbation for both men and women is vital for their own sexual health. It's vital for their own sexual exploration. It's needed for both sexes. Men do need masturbation more than women. And this is just science stuff. Again, it's down to the levels of testosterone. They do need more of a release. But it's just as important for women. And for the women that for the women who have openly spoken to me about it they are the same view as me if it's something that you do if it's something that you're comfortable with doing you love it and it's great but not all women do but that's because of the taboo and there are still a lot of women who experience an awful lot of shame around pleasuring themselves and this comes down to centuries and i mean centuries of being conditioned to believe that it's a sinful act all you have to do is look at the bible story of adam and eve a story that we were all told as young children a story of a woman giving into temptation and picking an apple and bringing sin upon them That was a story, but it was ingrained in us from a very young age, from children. No wonder we have shame around our bodies and around our sexuality. But there's also an awful lot of other stories in the Bible that condemn women for being temptresses and for them being blamed for bringing sin into the world. Like even look at the birth of a child. They have to be baptised to eliminate the original sin. How does that make sense? But if you go back further, long before Catholic Ireland, long, 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 long before it, women's sexuality was actually revered. It was seen as a powerful source of creation and magic. Like women, believe it or not, would actually come together. There's no pun intended here, but they would come together and they would hold sacred sexual space. And they'd use it to initiate each other into their moon times and also to celebrate the power of the sacred feminine all by masturbating. Holding space for yourself to explore your own body and pleasure is it really is one of the fundamental parts of just being a woman or a man but for women it's like it's in our highest states of ec- ecstasy where like we can become our most creative and our most connected to ourselves and to the world around us and to the energies around us if it's something you haven't experienced or explored i would suggest maybe trying it out and if that's too much of a a jump right away, start off by literally just looking at yourself in the mirror. Look at your body. It's a wondrous thing that literally creates life. Get to know you on an intimate level. Get to know how you like to be touched. Do you like soft? Do you like hard? Do you like fast, slow? Do you like internal or external stimulation? Like these are all things that you need to know to be able to talk to your partner about them. If it's something if you're looking to explore your sexual relationship together a bit deeper, you need to know what it is that you like. You need to know what makes you feel good. You need you also need to know what doesn't make you feel good. You also need to know where your boundaries lie. You need to know what you're not okay with. And the only way to do that is by exploring for yourself. Give yourself pleasure and release and to what I will say is open up the gateway to creativity and connection. Like in my typical TMI, no filter fashion. I, I went through Yeah, I went through a dry spell last year where I, I couldn't I couldn't masturbate no matter how hard I tried. I physically couldn't. And I became extremely frustrated. But when I say frustrated, it wasn't sexually frustrated. It was energetically frustrated. It was... I learned to use masturbation as a way of connecting, again, with myself and with my creativity. And with my spirituality. It was... One way that I did it, it wasn't the only way, but I ended up having a massive block emotionally last year that stopped me from being able to do anything, and I got really energetically frustrated. But I had a, a massive emotional block that I had to work through to be able to get past it. it was like, do you know that episode of Sex in the City where Samantha? goes through the phase and she thinks that she's broken because she can't she can't come well I was a bit like that but it was the same thing it was like she needed to have an emotional release and I also had to go through my own version of that but when I actually finally let go and worked through those emotions I ended up becoming a hell of a lot more connected to myself than I ever was before I ended up I went down that path of sacred sexuality with myself and I learned to honour myself and my needs and not just sexually but on all levels on an emotional level on on a mindful level. It was a massive turning point for me. But not sexually. But emotionally, for my emotional well-being, as women, our sex is, or our sexuality is directly linked to our emotional health. If we have an emotional block somewhere, we're not going to be able to go deeper into a sexual connection. By realizing that, and by always connecting them together. It can tell you an awful lot about what's going on internally for yourself. If you're having an issue sexually, be it with the partner or with yourself, there's a bigger issue going on an emotional issue or a spiritual issue, whatever it is for you, but there is something bigger going on. There could be some sort of trauma that's there underneath that needs to be worked through before you can actually get to the other side of it. But when there's a sexual blockage, be it by yourself or with someone else, that's a sign. And it's pointing you in a direction of somewhere that you need to go to be able to work through it and come out the other side. But what I will say is always when it comes to masturbation is it's just you. It's you and your emotions. So sometimes it can be harder to actually face those ones because you can't hide behind something else. It's straight up you. There's no one else there that that there's a problem with. It's, It's your own subconscious mind. But once you do work through things, like I said, well, for me anyway, personal experience, I ended up getting to a much more connected place with myself last year once I worked through all this but masturbation can can be in to be honest in my opinion is really important for overall well-being Uh, it's really important for connecting in with yourself and it's really important for creativity it's that sexual energy and it's learning to embrace it and to harness it instead of pushing it away and being Feeling guilty around it or having shame around it. It's an area that people are very uncomfortable talking about because we all have, not that we all have issues around it, but we grew up in a country that demonized sex and really demonized masturbation. So it's trying to block those old conditionings out and actually exploring what self love is really about and what it is is connection and pleasure and there's nothing wrong with either of those things so what I will say is why not try that for yourself there's nothing shameful about it and you're also you're not making your partner redundant you're simply deepening your own relationship with yourself and to me, that's a beautiful thing. So give it a go. So that's this week's episode of Orless Happy Hormones. Like I said, a lot of sex talk. Like I said again, crediting two lovely women and Mares for this week's episode. And again I do have to apologise for the puppy monster because he's on the couch snoring next to me and because he's so depressed I can't bring myself to wake him up and kick him out of the room. So you're going to have to put up with listening to his snoring. Saws. Well I hope you liked the episode. I hope it helped in some way, shape or form. And if you did like it feel free to Comment, review it, tag me in it on your social media platforms, whatever. I'd appreciate it. So for now, happy weekend, happy hormones, and happy sexual explorations.